And a name on the front is a hell of a lot more important than the one in the back. Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. Wham! Cut sap. First try. Why are you so serious? He's a fast killer. I love the smell of night pump in the morning. I'm freaking pumped. I've been drinking green tea all goddamn day! I don't know. I have a bad feeling about this. Hello, everybody. You are listening to the Good Day for a Movie podcast. We are brought to you by GD4GD. So head on over for to GD4GD.com and buy some dope gear because 10% of every sale gets donated to their nonprofit partner, which is currently the Pink Agenda. It's a nonprofit focusing on raising money for breast cancer research, and that goes all the way to the end of 2020 if that ever comes. I don't know if it will at this point. <laughs> They've got some really cool stuff, so go check it out. I'm your host, Jacob, and alongside me is always Tate. Yo, yo. And listeners, this might be a little bit of a contentious episode because our anonymous <laughs> third co-host has been being a real big pain in my ass ever since I showed up here at the studio. He's in a very argumentative mood right now. You, I, I will make sure to do my best to get the punch on mic so you can hear it, but it might happen today. No. It might happen. We'll he's, see. He won't. He, he's got Jacob on edge, you know. He's I do. got Jacob I am right where little, he wants him. I did push him a little too far. He's being a little bitch. <laughs> got him. What I think makes he's feeling a little feisty too, yeah. though, is because it's his pick. I think he's yes, got a little that's, bit of, It makes it worse because it's his pick, so who knows what we're going to watch. We've gotten a terrible movie and a really good movie from <laughs> so terrible. we'll movie. see. <laughs> What's your freaking movie? <laughs> I am going with a movie that could really set Jacob off. Oh, boy. But I did see that he watched Princess Mononoke recently, so maybe not. It's a Hayao Miyazaki film. Ooh. Howl's Moving Castle. I'm title. assuming HBO Max. Yeah. HBO Max. Yeah. Like a lot of his famous, most popular ones are on HBO Max right now. I think all of Studio G's films are on HBO all of them? Max. Yeah. yeah. I just watched Totoro the other night, and that was pretty good. All right. Well, what, do you know anything about it? Just that it's Hayao Miyazaki, Studio G. Is that who? Is that like uh, Spirited Away type stuff? Yeah, Spirited, yeah. same, same okay, guy. Because I was gonna say it looks the same, but okay. he's a pretty creative guy. His creativity goes off the walls. Let's get into this. Let's watch this. Hopefully, it'll put me in a good mood. It's I... exactly two hours. Perfect. All right, let's get into it. <laughs> From master filmmaker Hayao Miyazaki, the director of the Academy Award-winning Spirited Away. That is ancient sorcery. Quite powerful, too. This summer, experience the epic tale of a young woman transformed by a mysterious curse. No, that's really me, isn't it? An enchanted moving castle. This is a magic house. And the one wizard powerful enough 
to set her free. This charm will guarantee your safe return. Walt Disney Studios presents a Studio Ghibli production of a Hayao Miyazaki film. Hold on. This June, journey to amazing new worlds. Find me in the future! Aboard Howl's Moving Castle. All right, folks, we are back. I um, I certainly enjoyed the movie. I don't know if it was the favorite, my favorite movie I've ever seen. Um, I didn't like it nearly as much as Princess Mononoke, but I did enjoy it a fair amount. Um, I'm going to throw it right over to you. <laughs> it was good. I liked it. I like his movies, though, but I guess I should say that I'm just recently branching into his movies so now i can say i'm liking his movies but before coronavirus i had only seen spirited away but i maybe got more for you to get into i think in relationship to princess mononoke this one's plot was crazy (laughs) i mean he's like either that guy is just his creative juices are flowing in a totally different way or he is hitting some drugs because <laughs> some of that stuff the is crazy. The amount of creativity and imagination in this film was insane. Insane. And I mean, in, I think in his kind of films in general, they're very, very creative. And um, But this one seemed way more out there. I mean, it's been a while since I've seen Spirited Away or, or Princess Mononoke, but... Um, it seems like from what I remember that this one was way more, way more like, yeah, just like childlike almost, um, with a kid's imagination behind it. One interesting thing that I, um, did see in a quick Google was that it is based off of a 1986 British novel. And the novel is called Howl's moving castle. And it's called, it's from a series called Howl's series. I think really, yeah, so that's that's, that's what I think why like where it took when you when like the first couple scenes when you're like oh this looks like it's taking place in Germany and all, like a lot of the accents were for the most part British. Um, I have a feeling that that's why it was that way. Um, so he just whatever is I already butchered his name, the director Hayao Miyazaki. Yeah, um, I think he took his spin on this book, or but yeah, it's a it said it was originally a novel from 1986 written by diana win jones so i thought that was pretty interesting i want to read the book and see if it's as crazy no way as this movie is <laughs> okay so this is interesting it looks like there's a movie that's gonna be coming out in 2020 called earwig and the witch and it's also based off of is it from that series well it's based off of another like diana win jones is credited as a writer and mm-hmm. me- Hayao Miyazaki is a producer as, as well as Toshio Suzuki, but Ooh. Goro Miyazaki, I don't know, maybe that's his son. Must be. Got to be his son is the director of it. Um, it hasn't came out Ooh. yet. Um, there's what was not the even name a of that cast. one? Ear or something? Earwig and the Witch. Yeah, I am not entirely sure, but that's really interesting that it's based off of a book. Like I have very base level, probably I would even say below base level knowledge about like kind of the studio 
Ghibli, Ghibli, G stuff. Um, and so, basing something off of a book is a very surprising move for this company to make, which so isn't I, a bad move. I just Googled it. It says, Howl's Moving Castle is the first novel in the series of books called the Howl series. The series also includes Castle in the Air, published in 1990, House of Many Ways, published in 2008. So there must be a lot of book. Oh, it's a three-book series. And it was made 1986, 1990, and then 2008. Interesting. I know. I, I thought that that was very interesting. That was the first thing that I, because I just was wondering if there's um, kind of how he came up with this or how there's any relation to any of his other movies. But um, yeah. Well, the summary of the book is eldest of three sisters in a land where it is considered be misfortune. Sophie is resigned to her fate as a hat shop apprentice until a witch turns her into an old woman. And she finds yeah. herself in the castle of the greatly feared wizard Howl. So I'm, I, I would almost maybe read this book if it's like a short little cute novel, um, just to see, just to compare it to the movie. Because I think like, and then I'd like to see what the director took from it and made his own, uh-huh. and what was kind of just true with the book, like all the like the fire character calcium or the calcium, right? Oh man, I already forgot. Um, I think it was calcium. No, it's not. <laughs> Definitely not Definitely calcium. Definitely not calcium. Calcifer. Calcifer. But anywho, going back to your point, I think that the imagination of this film was incredible. Like the how the castle was constantly moving, but was also like through magic state, like had several other stationary like portals, yeah. places. That When that first happened, that blew my mind because I had no idea what was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the fact that the scarecrow man... I like I like how all the characters were just basically people that were cursed, and so um, like I like the scarecrow guy. I had no idea what to even think about that. I was like, oh, this is just a weird little character. Yeah, I was very um, confused by that, and I was actually just like kind of thinking through that character in my head because I'm like, I don't understand why this like character is like why the scarecrow character was why the gal was his one true love. And I'm, or I guess, true love, I should say. Yeah. Um, but I think thinking through it, I kind of figured it out. I think when Turnip-head, he first, yeah, Turniped, when Turniped first came upon her, it, it, she wasn't his true love. Sophie wasn't his true love. But as the movie progressed, he kind of fell in love with her. Yeah. Well, and she um, was the one seeing, that saved him. Yeah, saved yeah. him, yeah. and seeing like just the, the type of person she is, and that kind of goes to why he said his like last little line about. Well, hearts always change, and I'll be back. Yeah, I, man, I wish I had my own little turnip head. <laughs> he just turned up out of nowhere. He was clutch. No, he was yeah, just very a, clutch. You want an umbrella? Yeah, turnip head. Just someone to talk to. Doesn't He's talk sliding back. Down just a sits mountain? there and listens. Turnip head brings you an umbrella, helps you get down the mountain, helps everybody out. Sure, his head's a turnip, but a lot of he perks. Always had a smile on. Always had a smile on. That's well. Speaking of going into all the characters, this movie was funny. Yeah. Oh yeah. The kid I, like was that's hilarious. what I'm not sure I remember about Spirited Away or the Vince kid Monoke and Billy Crystal like, were very funny. Oh man. God, yeah. Hilarious. Billy Crystal was so funny. Just like even the little things, like when he's cracking the eggs and just feeding the fire the eggs. I was <laughs> laughing so hard. Yeah, and then like I think Christian Bale was a very interesting person to cast as the American very voice. Interesting. Um, yeah, I agree. I mean, it was just Batman. You're like, oh, yeah. well, this is where he got his Batman voice from. Yeah. When, when he was the, whatever he turned to, just like the Falcon bird oh, thing. Yeah. And he, oh, and I, yeah, he gave his Batman voice. That was funny. Yeah. I really liked the kid. And <laughs> it was 
how uh, the Witch of the Waste, how her... West. Waste. Because she was the Witch of the Wastelands. Wasteland. Did I? Oh, yes. my God. The entire yeah. time I thought it was the Witch of the West. No, that's no. that would be... Yeah, I know, but I thought that was like a play on... It was probably on. like a play on... Yeah, I, I guess yeah. I every time I said it, I... Yeah. But huh. how her whole thing was that her curse was greed, and how at the end when she saw Hal's heart, like you... I, yeah. I thought yeah. her her character was unique because, like, her wanting to be beautiful was a source of greed, but like she kind of got called out and shriveled to who she really is. And then, yeah, but I, at the end of the movie, you saw she was adorable. Change of heart, yeah. Well, she was, she just, was just a doll, <laughs> little sweetheart. The oh, dog man. was something else. Yeah. Oh, the, yeah. Man, I, I I still don't even know if I understand fully what the dog. What, yeah, I don't understand whatsoever. Yeah, just change sides. He was I like, well, "This Sullivan but woman's crazy." It, like, was the dog supposed to be like a spy, or like, could did she like? I don't even. That's what I don't really understand at I all. Have no idea. Because she's like, "Oh, it's about time you checked in." Yeah, yeah, I don't. <laughs> and I the have dog was no like, idea. "Fuck you." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got, I got nothing. Yeah. yeah. That was kind of wild. I probably wouldn't adopt that dog. It was very strange. No, and it made that weird dog's gonna die. Like, that had, thing has asthma. Yeah. He had he, he had good commitment. He was he was all he in. Was committed. But you have to carry, apparently he's Yeah, he doesn't go up steps. Then Yeah, he looked about 50 pounds. Oh, he looked like 150 pounds. Okay, oh, she was well, struggling. I, guess I this brings me to one of my questions. Um so you know how like throughout the film or when I, after she got transformed into the old lady um, you know, like kind of random points where she would, her body wouldn't be as old and like mm-hmm. she wouldn't have as much of a hunch or she'd still have gray hair or like she'd have slightly less wrinkles. Um, or she like her voice would kind of slowly change back to her normal voice. Yeah. And then, but then it'd go back to like, she was going kind of in and out of that. What do you think was bringing her back to her normal self? See, that's interesting. The prince was true love and it was Sophie. Howell was true love, and it was Sophie. Calcifer indirectly was well, wait, true no, love. Wait, Howell, no, Howell's, Howell's, Howell's just heart. I thought they said at the end that Howell found uh, the Witch of the Waste said Howell found his true love. Yeah, and then that's how she brought up that. No, they're no, no they're it, just it in love. That, that, yeah, that wasn't. But that how wasn't like he was cured. Like they the, just figured that's out. not what's like. Okay destroyed his curse or whatever you want to call it. But no, it was, yeah. I think for Howell, it was just that he <laughs> ate that star. Super weird. Even, man, if I saw this yeah, movie when I was tripping, reaction. I probably would have freaked out <laughs> a lot, but he ate the star and then that took his heart. And I like, I remember like his whole curse was that he didn't own his heart or like he didn't have his heart. Um, so I think she just gave it back to him. I don't think it was like a, princess kiss and like i think like if, if you want to like draw an analogy for it or like uh maybe like the reasoning behind it is that she wasn't a selfish person and so instead of keeping his heart he let him have it like the other witch would have done the other yeah like the wit- the witch of the waste would have just kept the heart the adorable witch of the waste <laughs> <laughs> the very fat witch of the waste <laughs> Would have just kept it. Hey, while she was the most improved player. He needs a selfish, a selfless person to mm-hmm. give him his heart back. Yeah, yeah. But so anyway, you can like, continue on. Yeah, go, for Sophie's, it was 
a question for, mark. I yeah, that's yeah. where. So, I I I'm just saying like I couldn't. The only thing that could come to mind for me is that her whole personal deal seemed to be her seeing herself as beautiful and in her sleep she can't see herself that's what I was going to say so she's that's normal but when she's about. conscious she's not beautiful i think that's a pretty good take on it i wasn't even thinking about that yeah but and so like it's, my mind, it's like the more she thought like stopped thinking about what she looked like the more she would go back yeah the more she felt like huh. yeah because like any time that like there was a high pressure situation she wasn't this old bent up back hurt back hurting lady yeah so almost like her kryptonite was her self-conscious yeah her self-consciousness towards herself what was your answer so my answer i was thinking was well at first i was thinking throughout the movie that it was love like i don't think i wasn't convinced that she loved any anybody but she like fell in love with um howell and every time that she like really was like in a passionate like when he was in the room and he, and she was like, for some reason, really passionate about something, she seemed to like be more straight up. But then there were other times and like when he would go away, like she'd kind of go back to herself. So that's one thing that I thought. But the other one was, um, I remember early in the movie, the lady, her friend that like worked at the coffee shop was like, you don't ever do anything for yourself. You need to like start doing things oh, for yourself. Sister. That was her sister. That was her yeah. sister. Yeah, at the bakery. Oh, over my head. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was just like, oh, who's that other girl? Yeah, that was her sister. Okay. Yeah. Well, I I think that it could be that she... Did you know the blonde one was her mom? I did piece that one together. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Wow, her mom was the worst. Um, yeah, bad mom. But <laughs> I think that it could have also been the fact that she, like... Well, I guess in the same way as that she, like, felt she was in love with him. But she was finally doing things. Like, when she was cleaning, I think, um, it was starting to... Um, improve her body but she was just doing things for herself that she wanted to do and it was because I think she wanted to help Howell but it was decisions that she was making for herself my question was if you were to try and if you had one word to describe Hayao Miyazaki's work my one word would be unique because I've really never seen anything like what he does um, yeah, this, well, this gets into one quick question, which I had at the beginning. So this is an anime. What is there a genre for like him? This is just is an animated like, film. Yeah, but I guess like in, in the, just in the same not vein anime. as no. So anime is like a different type of animation. Um, this like is, way a different way of yeah. You it's, draw it's kind of everything. Different way you draw it, like different even type of storytelling. I think I'm kind of speaking out of my rear end right now but i'm pretty sure at least and so this is more in the vein of a early disney animation because this is all hand drawn yeah um, it is incredibly impressive but yeah so and but it, okay i yeah, was just so wondering that, i think i think that's like you kind of really the, I, I don't have a this. definition for animation i think i just googled it and apparently it, anime is just short term or like short for animation but I agree with you. When I think anime, I think like Dragon Ball Z. And yeah, you think a very specific. Um, yeah, I really I don't put this is in the same pot as some of those Dragon Ball Z yeah. or yeah. Naruto type stuff. Because you but, you have to have a certain taste for anime and like that style of storytelling as well as that style of art and of animation. Whereas with 
with the Studio G films, at least the two that I've seen, I think they're pretty universal where, like, Princess Mononoke definitely wasn't a children's film. No. This one more so yeah. is, for sure. Yeah, this one definitely um, is. But this can be enjoyed in the same vein as, like, Disney and Pixar movies can be. Yeah, yeah I agree. I completely agree with that. Not that it's made for mass audiences in a bad way, but it is made for mass... Like, mass audiences are able to enjoy this movie. Yeah. And will enjoy this these types of movies. Mm-hmm. More than his other ones. Well, no, more than, like, strict anime. Oh, like yeah, Like, anime yeah. in, the, okay. when, in the sense of thinking about anime that we can't define for whatever reason. So, you're, suppose, so your one word... Going back to, I guess, your one yeah, word is unique. My one word is unique. I suppose the best way to describe anime is kind of how they, how the Supreme Court uh, decided on how to rule on porn. It's obscene because you know it when you see it. So you know <laughs> anime when you see it. You just can't define it. <laughs> Fun facts. What? <laughs> yeah, you guys have never heard about that one? Well, I mean, no, I don't need I don't to think hear it again. You, you've never heard the you know it when you see it thing from the Supreme Court? I don't think so. I can't. I don't. I don't know this, the case right off the top of my head. But they were hearing a case about art about in the public space. Porn? Yeah, about art in the public space. Oh, and um, their pretty much their final ruling. I think it was Scalia. I'm pretty sure it's Justice Scalia. Like in his ruling, it was well. There's no strict definition of yeah, like the difference between pornography and art, but the average person knows it when they see it. I, and yeah. that fits for anime because I can't define it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but you know it when you see I mean, it. If anime <laughs> literally is all animation, if anime literally is all animation, that's pretty ambiguous. Yeah. Because there are definitely niche like, yep. and like styles. Not to just keep harping on that point, but... I know as much about anime slash animated films as Supreme Court justice do about porn. <laughs> so, um, but what about one word for you guys? The reason I asked was because the word hit me after I watched uh, Totoro is magical. Because hmm. he is like, well, I mean, it kind of works for this because it was based on magic. But in general, it's like it's unique. It's fantastic. It's something you, I never would have even conceived of. Like all the different characters, all the different, in, in his other movies, the interplay of spirits and spirit world, like it's just very magical. And I think Disney has its sense of magical, and I think his is just magical in a different way. And for me, more breathtaking, and I think the animation does have a lot to do with it. Because yeah, the animation I mean, does make it just... This blows away pretty much anything that, like, the Disney proper animation has ever done. Um, Pixar, a lot of the Pixar stuff is close to on par with with what this looks like. It's completely different because they are using a uh, computer, like, computer graph-generated images for this or for for their stuff. Um, So Pixar, anybody know who helped found Pixar? Steve Jobs and George Lucas. Oh, oh really? Lucas, yeah. Yeah. George Lucas was a big founder of Pixar and mm. kind of was pivotal and there. It was an offshoot of ILM. Um, I'm still stuck on my one word. This is like, it's moments like these where I kind of wish that I had a better vocabulary. Cause I feel like I like 
there's a lot of words that come to mind, like what we've said, imaginative, imaginative, creative, artsy, all these things. And so if there is a word out there that combines all of those things and, um, but I think like you also have to include unique because there's a lot of artsy films or there's a lot of just kind of imaginative films. But I do think that his, like there isn't really any comparison for me um, to any other film that is like his. So I don't really know if I can nail down a single word, but we'll maybe be, come back to that at some I, point I think, later. I think so. Like, I think you're answering a different question than what just, what, or at least what I answered. I, what I answered from was what is the first word that comes to mind when you, if you have to describe it. Oh. And so mine was unique, but I think if you want, if you are looking for a word to describe the entireness of Yeah, I thought it was films, for like, of his um, style. I would go film. with fantastical. And I think you touched on that because I think fantastical is a good word because it sounds made up. But also, I think it does encapsulate everything that Suyo G is kind of about because it is unique storytelling. It is beautiful to look at. It's like things that you've never seen before. Yeah. Um, so there's my answer for both of those. Yeah, I think. I don't. Does he do the drawings? He did. He did. Mm-hmm. Or is he? So he. I looked it up. Yeah. Okay. Because I was gonna say I was like, if he doesn't do the drawings and he just does the, the story, <laughs> like you're saying, yeah, then my word would probably be something along the lines of storytelling. Um, but if he also does the drawings, then he's just an overall <laughs> yeah. art god. He said uh, he believes that hand drawing on paper is the fundamental of animation. So he preferred to do thousands of frames for his movies. He's just a purebred. He's like your just go-to like prize-winning golden retriever of art. Yeah, he's, he's a purist just, for sure. Yeah, through and through. That, I mean, that's really impressive that he does the art too. So, I've, he's he's impressive. Well, just yeah, you know, I think we've touched on it. But my last comment, because I do art, it's in his drawings are incredible like if you don't like the movie if you don't like the characters if you don't like the story you can't deny how you gotta appreciate it visually knowing that it's hand drawn and hand colored and everything yeah because even he never misses like clouds moving and the flowers going in the wind it's yeah the detail is incredible and i think it was more incredible in princess mononoke than in this one but this one was different so they, yeah, they were both were incredible. Like, all of like the kind of lighting type of stuff yeah, really stood lighting. out to me. Like when she lit the candle from the dark to the light room. Yep. Awesome. Um, I liked how also, like weirdly, I thought that for all the detail going into all of the drawings, Calcium guy, what is his name? Calcifer. Calcifer. <laughs> he was so basic. Yeah. <laughs> he was just like circles for eyes, just a little mouth. And he, he almost seemed like a kid was drawing him compared to all of the other drawings and, like, people that were characters. But, well, Miyazaki does that. Like I thought that was yeah. funny. All right, let's 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 uh, move into some scores. Here are the aggregators' scores. IMDb, 8.2 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes, 87%. And Metacritic, 80%. Uh, I'll go ahead and give my score first. I am giving this one just a straight 80. Uh, like I said, there were it, it, it didn't keep my attention quite as much as Mononoke did an 80 out of a hundred is a very good score. Um, that, that's a movie that anybody should watch. I think it, like we've said, it's beautiful. 
it's uh it is a good story even if it kind of maybe drags in a few parts but uh yeah i really enjoyed this movie tate yeah i think um i am gonna be right in that same ballpark because i think i i mean it doesn't beat spirited away or princess mononoke but it was really good so i guess i just like trying to take those things into account i think i'm gonna stick in that same ballpark and i'm just gonna go also with an 80 out of 100 um and I think it's because where it really hit for me, like the, to me, the story wasn't as impressive. And I think, and I'm, that's what's, I'm almost glad to hear that it was a book because he just sounds like he just kind of took the story from the book and um, made his artistic visual experience of it. Um, so I wasn't as impressed with the story. I was more impressed. Well, I guess there were creative parts of the story. Like that's where I want to know what was from the book and what was from him. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause like the henchman, I thought like that reminded me a lot of spirited away. Um, I loved how creative the story was, but the story plot and like the storyline wasn't too into, I was mostly just into the visuals and, um, yeah, the imagination of it. So I'm going to stick with an 80. Yeah. I had Totoro at an 80. So, and I was thinking I was kind of giving in hierarchy too. spirit away. Definitely one Mononoke two Totoro four Howl's probably a three. Um, I'd probably put it at an 8.6 just to be able to round it up to like a four and a half because it's like a low four and a half, high four out of five Your stars. scale is just one of the most I'm so confused <laughs> things I've ever heard. There are so many scales out there. I think it's an 8.6. Yeah, and hey, you use I like mean, 80 of them. Whatever works for you. Yeah. 8. Whatever 6. floats your boat. All so, right. So that's an average of 82. Uh, pretty good movie. Last comment. <laughs> Did you guys like Howl? Uh, no, I mean, I don't. Because I don't know if I really liked Howl. I that also much. don't think we really got to know Howl all that much, which was fine with me, I guess. But yeah, yeah I, I because well, I really liked him. the kid. I really liked Sophie. I really liked the Calcifer. I really liked all these characters. Um, but like, I'm not sure I loved Howl. Like, yeah, very unlikable. And Christian Bale's Batman voice was just very dry. I think it's more more just like his character, like yeah. his character's personality was just like. You have to agree. He was my probably very, my like, least very favorite of the emotional main and just was like when he cried about how he his hair got dyed and like I was just kind of like, you're you're a strange cat, but so I'm not <laughs> sure. He's my favorite. Yeah. All right, folks, that's going to do it for today. If you have thoughts or questions, you can shoot us an email at gd4ampodcast at gmail dot com. You can also follow us on Instagram at GD4. That's the number four. Same as the email address for that. GD.movies. Again, GD4, GD.movies on Instagram. We're also on Twitter at GD4, GD underscore movies. Um, Also, we would love for you to leave us a five-star review on whatever platform you listen on, especially Apple Podcasts. That's going to be what helps us the most. Uh, That's what most people look at when they're getting advertisements. And so... If you have something negative to say, don't leave it in a review. Email us. Only leave it in the review and I'll come find you. You can you can leave it in the review if you want, but the, make sure those stars are all fu- filled up to five. We may go taxi driver on you. Yeah. Are you talking to me? <laughs> all right, folks. We'll catch you next week at the movies.
you come to the end of the line with a buddy who is more than a brother and a little less than a wife. Getting blind drunk together is really the only way to say farewell. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.